It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Today, we're going to talk about the sticky situation that the Reds now find themselves in very shortly after the All-Star break was over and now we're into the second half quote unquote of the season and why things are so uh up against the ropes right now for this red side we're going to get into that plus i have lucas smith from locked on cardinals to preview this upcoming series between the st louis redbirds and the cincinnati red legs at great american ballpark it's an off day though and by the way, before we get going on that as well, check out the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast hosted by Aram Layton. He knows everything there is to know about every farm system in Major League Baseball. Okay, well, he probably wouldn't say that, but he knows quite a bit, and you're going to want to check it out because he's got a lot of great info. That's the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts, and let's get going on today's show. Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Reds podcast, an off-day edition here as the Reds finished up their first six games of this second half of the season. Not quite the way that we wanted them to go. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Plus, we're going to preview this Reds Cardinals series with Lucas Smith from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. That's all coming up here in just a minute. Make sure, though, that you are subscribed to the podcast right here on the YouTube channel or follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting apps. All right, before we get into the Cardinals series, I want to talk about uh, this Mets series. Wrap it up. Marcus Stroman absolutely dominated the Reds lineup. Aristides Aquino had a hit. Uh, Jonathan India led off the game with a hit by pitch, and that was the sum of the base runners for the game. It was a very pedestrian game for this offense, but so far as analysis goes, these are the type of games that just about every team has, whether you are good, bad, if you're a championship contender, sometimes the hits just don't fall. And sometimes you run into a pitcher who is a buzzsaw. And that's what Marcus Stroman was yesterday. The problem is these kind of losses compound the blown leads that you had game one against the Mets. They blew that lead a bunch of times game one and two against the Brewers this last weekend. They blew those leads. If you hold on to those, the losses to Corbin, Corbin Burns on Sunday and the loss to Marcus Stroman yesterday are stomachable. They're not just absolute gut punches that they have been because now the Reds are one and six since the All-Star break. And we're, we're going to talk about this with Lucas Smith here in a minute, but let's be honest, they're kind of on the precipice right now. How the Reds do against the Cardinals this weekend may not only determine, not not only they're standing in the division, obviously that's that's a given, but whether they're buyers or sellers, and say what you will about what they will do, whether it's whether they trade for a reliever, a shortstop, a fifth starter, what have you, or if they are sellers, who are they going to sell? Who's going to get traded? Who's going to stay? 
it, it still is stands to reason if they're going to do anything at all. We're going to talk about that later on with Lucas as well. But overall, a disappointing series against a Mets team. Now, two first place teams that the Reds have faced since the All Star break, and they have been soundly defeated by both of them as as fun as this team is. And as much as Reds fans love to root for the players on this team and as much good as they have shown, they are now in a position to be completely out of this. They're not mathematically eliminated and the schedule is going to be interesting with some, uh, plenty of series against the pirates and the Marlins and the twins and things like that. So how does that all play out? But you cannot start those series nine, 10, 11 games back. If you do that, you can forget about it. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Talking about that here in just a few minutes with Lucas Smith. But the the annoying thing was Jeff Hoffman on the mound for his first start since May 28th, I believe. And he looked bad. I mean, it, there's no two ways about it. He didn't have a strikeout. He had three walks, gave up a pair of home runs. The problem was one of them was a grand slam, and it just doomed the Reds very early on. Say what you will about fight and say what you will about grit and grind and players that can really battle through tough games like that. There's just some days, and and you could almost excuse the Reds for facing Marcus Stroman and getting destroyed for the fact that they had an off day the next day. It's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I want to chillax or something here. I don't know. It's, it's not questioning the character. It's just human nature. So when you look at that game yesterday, it is a compounding of frustrations of what has happened since the all-star break. <sighs> Remember how we felt like eight days ago. That was nice. Maybe we'll get back there someday this season. Who knows? Hopefully so. Hopefully soon. Coming up soon, we'll talk about this next series with the Locked On Cardinals host, Lucas Smith. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that this episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is a tobacco-free form of nicotine that has the same feel and the same buzz as your typical smokeless tobacco, but it does it without tobacco and you still get that nicotine feel. Check out FullyLoadedChew.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $1 trial offer. To get a $1 trial offer, you get it all for $1. That's including free shipping if you go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. When you're talking about smokeless tobacco, nicotine pouches and things like that, They're usually dry white pouches, but fully loaded chew is the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. Nothing feels and packs that buzz like a fully loaded chew. So my listeners today, check it out at fullyloadedchew.com and the promo code locked on to get it for just $1 and free shipping. The next time you go for a dip, make it fully loaded chew at fullyloadedchew.com. Speaking of the internet bringing things to you, you can find the next part for your car at rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need, whether you are restoring a classic Chevelle or you just need a brake pad for your Chevy Cruze. They've got it at rockauto.com. They're a family-owned company that have been doing it for over 20 years, and when you get your order, 
it'll be delivered right to your door. Go to rockauto.com today and in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On. Whether you're a professional or you're just an everyday Joe trying to fix a taillight on your everyday driver, Check out rockauto.com because they've got reliably low prices and they'll help you find exactly the part that you need for your car. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right. So we've talked about the past. Let's focus on the future. Let's focus on what's coming. Let's talk about this series with the St. Louis Cardinals between the Cincinnati Reds. And to do that, let's welcome in Lucas Smith. To talk about this Cardinals team, they're still finishing up a series against the Cubs today, but they are right on the heels of the Reds with the way that the Reds have played lately and the Cardinals have looked a little bit better as of late. This is going to be a very interesting series, but first of all, Lucas, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jeff. This is my first YouTube appearance, so I'm happy with it. I'm very excited. I had to, to shave, put on a collared shirt. You know, it, <laughs> it is very exciting. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing the crossover. And like we were talking about on Twitter DMs, it's been a while for St. Louis and Cincinnati since they've played each other. So looking forward to a series this weekend. But like you mentioned, the Cardinals have an all-too-important game tonight against the Chicago Cubs to take care of first. It really feels like a resetting of the season between the Reds and the Cardinals. This has been so long. I mean, I like the last time that the Reds and Cardinals played, and I know that you don't. But that probably means that this series is going to be hotly contested when they come to Cincinnati for three games this weekend, especially for the fact I I hated seeing Jeff Hoffman pitch at the end of the Mets series, but that also means that the Reds are going to have their top three pitchers available. Are we going to be looking at Jack Flaherty and Wainwright and those guys this weekend? Sadly, Wainwright went yesterday and Kim is going tonight. So, and Flaherty is still hurt. So thanks for bringing that oh, up. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so you'll be looking probably at a Wade LeBlanc, a Jake Woodford and a Johan Oviedo. Those are probably the three you're going to be looking at. Sadly, we don't get our Jake Woodford, Nick Castellanos rematch. Yeah. I think Castellanos is still hurt. So uh, sadly we won't get that. So, the you know the, the immediate outlook is oh no for St. Louis because you've got your bottom three starters, but Woodford and Oviedo both turned in really really solid outings against the Chicago Cubs. Oviedo still looking for his first major league win, so it's a big if. But if they can pitch to that level again, you feel pretty good as a St. Louis Cardinal, and the offense is finally starting to click at least a little bit. So things are starting to turn the Cardinals' direction a little bit. But again, I, I preface all this by saying tonight's game against Chicago is is extremely important for. Um, we're going forward for St. Louis. Absolutely. I mean, they could come into uh, Cincinnati really having a shot to flip the standings should the Cardinals play well this weekend. And you guys have really gone through the weeds when it comes to all the injuries and stuff. You mentioned Flaherty's still there, but getting some guys back. And how has that really shuffled the roster around? What are some guys that the Reds saw in the past series in St. Louis that won't be here today because of guys coming back from injury? Well, I, I guess I'll flip the answer around. You're going to see Harrison Bader this weekend. I can't remember if he was in the series against uh, Cincinnati, but Harrison Bader has been on an absolute tear since he came back from the injured list. He, he is one of the more polarizing figures on Cardinals Twitter. You either love him or you hate him, but he's hitting over 350 since his return from the IL. He had the game-tying hit yesterday, uh, or, or Wednesday, I should say. 
So he, he's going to be, one, in my opinion, one of the bigger difference makers in the Cardinal lineup if he's able to continue hitting like he is. Um, he's, he's one of those guys, and think of this entire outfield. I talked in the podcast on Thursday on my podcast. The entire outfield has a chance to flash five tools on any given night. So Harrison Bader coming back and performing to the level that he's expected to perform is huge for St. Louis. And again, it, it, it's a matter about how consistent can you be with it. But so far, uh, Harrison Bader, I think, is the big guy returning for St. Louis that, that I'm keeping my eye on in the, in the next couple weeks or so. That's good to hear that uh, seeing him, a guy that we have not seen here recently, at least. Um, when it comes to uh, the leadoff hitter who is a rookie who isn't as good as Jonathan Indy, I forget the guy's name. Oh, um, <laughs> Dylan Carlson, I think that's the name you're looking for there. It's going to be interesting to see these two dudes because I know Carlson kind of profiled, at least early on in the season, as more of a middle-of-the-lineup guy. What's kind of pushed him to the leadoff spot? Tommy Edmonds struggles. Um, Tommy Edmond started the season as a leadoff hitter, had a really good opening series against Cincinnati, um, had a really good start to his season, but uh, Edmond has just fallen off the table. Granted, he had a couple hits yesterday, but hitting left-handed is almost non-existent for Edmond anymore. I mean, he, he's hitting over 300 right-handed and in the low 200s left-handed. Um, so that, that's been a big issue. So that's, that's kind of pushed Carlson up. That pushes Goldschmidt to second, uh, Goldschmidt third. And what's really helped as well, Jeff, is Tyler O'Neill has come into his own. So you're comfortable hitting him cleanup. So because before you didn't really have a cleanup hitter. And now with Tyler O'Neill's resurgence or come to form, if you will, you're a lot more comfortable hitting uh, Carlson first because you have O'Neill's uh, confidence as a cleanup hitter. So it, it'll be fun to watch. I think that Carlson and India, we, we went into the season thinking it was going to be Carlson versus Hayes over in Pittsburgh, right? But now it's Carlson versus India for really at least the NL Central Rookie of the Year award. What's one thing I'm going to switch it around and ask questions for you. What's one thing you really like about Jonathan India's game? Golly, I don't know. He's got like some kind of bionic eye or something. <laughs> he knows when a pitch is out of the zone because there there were a couple of times like watching him against Corbin Burns and some ace dudes on the mound that just threw perfect pitches like sliders that begin at the corner of the zone and break away like unhittable type breaking pitches. He just sits there and watches him and he, he takes that walk. Not going to say that it really takes a lot of talent to get hit by a pitch. I mean, not a whole lot of people know who Huey Jennings is, the career leader for hit by pitches, but he seems to get plunked a lot. I, I don't know what's going on there, but he, he gets on base just about any way possible. He hit another home run this uh, two days ago. Now I about said yesterday, two days ago um, off of uh, Robert stock. I believe it was. So it's it's nice to see that he can flash the power every so often, but just overall, he has been the best leadoff hitter since Shinsu Chu, and Sh and Shinsu Chu had like other world on base numbers in 2013. He got on base over 43 percent of the time, and Jonathan India is right there with him. And he just he didn't quite have as much power as Chu had, but it's just been phenomenal to see a guy who the only way that we used to talk about Jonathan India these last couple of years is, well, will the Reds go trade him for this guy or will they go get this guy and, you know, use Jonathan India as part of the deal? He was always a prospect. We figured we'd not be part of the Reds when he came up. But lo and behold, he's been a just really important part of whatever success the Reds have had this season. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, he is a guy that is unquestionably the leadoff hitter. Like even when Nixon Zell comes back, he's a guy that whenever he first got brought up to the major leagues, we thought one day this guy could be the leadoff hitter. It is unquestionable to me that Jonathan India has taken the reins of the leadoff spot and is not giving it back. 
Well, getting hit by a pitch is something the Cardinals dish out very well. They hit five in Wednesday's game against the Chicago Cubs, so I guarantee you. Um, I don't know. What the, there's probably a bet online number about it somewhere. I'm betting Jonathan India gets hit at least one time this this series. And Shinshu Chu is a throwback name. I like that reference. It's a throwback. It's awesome. Yeah. It's it's a bummer because he is a hindsight 2020 guy because he was the dude who bridged the gap for the Reds in the leadoff spot and waiting for Billy Hamilton to come up and get ready. And then just Billy Hamilton had no plate discipline whatsoever. So you kind of go back and it almost makes you wonder. It's like, man, if you could redo that, but it wasn't that they traded him. It was that he became a free agent and signed a mega deal with the Rangers. So it's not as if you could get the Reds to redo that because the word mega deal really seems to just spook the crap out of this ownership group. Uh, (laughs) So that probably wouldn't have happened, but no, it's, it's been interesting. And you mentioned this too, and this was something that uh, maybe I tried to be over optimistic and gloss over, but definitely will be a factor in something that we talk about here in just a few minutes about buying and selling. But Nick Castellanos uh, revealed on a interview with Chris Rose on the Chris Rose rotation on Instagram live, uh, that he has a micro fracture in his wrist. Whenever he initially got hit by the pitch and he, he rounded the bases on that. He ended up coming around to score after getting hit by the pitch on the wrist. And then he came out of the game, the following inning, they, they said, well, it's not broke. It's fine. He'll just miss a couple of days and he'll be back. But then he missed a couple of more days. And then he got brought in as a pinch hitter late in that debacle that was Monday night against the Mets. And you saw him, well, he came in as a defensive replacement. And then he hit in the following inning. And when he made contact, he made really solid contact. But the ricochet that it caused, because you could tell his wrist wasn't fully strong enough, that it basically cost him a home run. Because he always swings right through that pitch. And it's an easy home run for him, but it ricochet and like took his bat back, took his hands back, and it turned into a warning track fly ball. And he hasn't played since then. And when you bring a guy into a game late, you kind of figure, all right, he's healthy. He's good. We'll see him in the lineup the next day. Mm, no. And we didn't see him as a pinch hitter either. And then he didn't start the following day after that. And it's like, oh, what did we do? Did we make this worse? So now it's going to be interesting to see if he hits the IL which will drastically affect what happens with him at the trade deadline. And it could just be a full on disaster. And that's on top of the fact that the Reds have lost five of six since the all-star break. So it's like, yeah, things are going really good here. And this is, I swear it's uh, sparkling water. It is not (laughs) alcoholic, but that might be later on. No, gosh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I just turned 21 about a week ago, Jeff. So if the Cardinals go on this downward trend, we we, we can enjoy those beverages together. (laughs) There we go. It's it's interesting to note because we talked about how tight this division was in the spring training portion of this year. And looking at it now, golly, how wrong we were. It's like the Brewers and then everybody else is just waving as they go by. I think I, I saw the Brewers having this type of success because of the type of pitching they have. Yeah. But I didn't see the Cardinals struggling this much. I didn't see the Reds struggling this much. I didn't see the Cubs going from red hot to ice cold in about four days. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I definitely think that this division it, it might be decided by the trade deadline because yeah. I think if the Reds or Cardinals can get within striking distance because I think they're only you know seven six and a half and seven and a half games out as we record right now. If the Cardinals or Reds can get into striking distance with the Milwaukee Brewers, say four to five games somewhere in that area by July thirtieth or thirty first, I think that this division is winnable for either one of these teams. 
I, I believe so. And, and you know what? We'll get into that here in just a minute because I do want to talk more about that. Real quick, though, let's shout out our sponsor, betonline.ag. If you go there today and you set up your profile, use the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. They've got great lines when it comes to Major League Baseball. The NBA Finals are over, so there's nothing there, but they do have NFL futures that are coming up. But with baseball taking center stage in the sporting world, Plus, I'm sure they'll have some stuff with the Olympics or something like that. But there's all kind of great prop bets. you got money lines, over-unders, all that great stuff every single day with Major League Baseball games. And from time to time, I'll try and give you a tip. I don't have a strong leaning uh, one way or the other today, Lucas. Are you feeling any sort of way about Cubs-Cardinals, or did you see anything today that you're like, you know what, I would take that? I'm taking the Cardinals today because of KK Kim. With KK Kim on the mound, He's been solid, 18-plus ending scoreless streak. I'm taking the Cardinals in that uh, in that money line. There you go. Jump on the Cardinals money line today at betonline.ag. And when you go there, set up your profile with the promo code locked on to save or to get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. All right. So we talked about this series a little bit, kind of previewing some stuff, seeing that the Reds will have the top of the rotation going and uh, the lineup might not be at full strength with Castellanos probably going to be out for maybe this entire series. Let's talk about big picture because we are coming into the week of the trade deadline. Baseball fans and uh, baseball talking heads and and everybody alike talk about the trade deadline pretty much from opening day and sometimes in, you know, spring training, things like that. What are the Reds going to do? What are the Cardinals going to do? What are, what are the Dodgers? What are the White Sox? What are the Mets? What's everybody going to do? They're going to be buyers or sellers. Now, a lot of it is assuming that if they have a winning record, they're going to be buyers, or if they have a losing record, they're going to be sellers but we all know that there's more factors to that. Let's start off with you. What do you think about the Cardinals position right now? Because it seems like they and the Reds are in the same spot where the season hangs on the edge of a knife. It's a big if. It's a big if on both sides. It's a big if on if the Cardinals win tonight. It's a big if on if the Reds or Cardinals win the weekend series. It's a big if on what Milwaukee does this weekend against the White Sox. If Milwaukee loses two out of three and the Cardinals win two out of three, you gain a couple games you got to buy quick, right? So I think we will know, in my opinion, we'll know by Sunday whether this team is going to be a buyer or a seller. However, I don't think this team sells. So I think this team is either going to buy or stand pat. Because what's weird about this Cardinals season is that they've had so many injuries and so many people underperforming that June was just historically bad. So I don't think that the the, the core of this team is going to lead if if this team is not going to win the season. I think they're just going to say, okay, the season is what it is and move on. But it's just so bizarre because the Cardinals and Cubs have are are one game separated in the standings, but the Cubs are in a completely different position. What are the the Reds also going to look at this weekend and, and then kind of assess their needs? It's interesting because every time they ask the general manager, Nick crawl about like, well, did this last win solidify your thinking that we're a seller and things like, or that we're a buyer and things like that. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, we've been thinking about this for a while, but I think logistically it's gotta like with the way that things have changed over these past six games, if the reds drop two out of three to the Cardinals at home this weekend, you really got to think about getting creative. And most fans are advocates for the idea that the Reds could get creative and do kind of like what they did in 2019 and 2009 when they made deals at the deadline for guys that would help them out next year. 
Maybe you bring in like a Trevor Bauer or maybe you bring in like a Scott Rowland or something like that. The issue is going to be, how do you do that? Because that's where the front office really needs. There's not been a measuring tool to really evaluate this front office yet. Because during the offseason, they went through the turmoil of changing hands at general manager with the president or you know, VP of baseball operations, Dick Williams stepping down, Nick Crawl taking over as general manager, and the the position, if you will, of VP of baseball ops remaining vacant. And, and then they were basically hamstrung by trading Rice Iglesias and, and DFA and Archie Bradley just to make sure that they save money. So to kind of judge them on that you can't do this is where it really begins how do they handle this trade deadline not only just buyers or sellers but what do they do to do that because probably gonna have to overpay if you want to call the rockies and ask about trevor story you're probably gonna have to overpay and who knows if the cubs even want to deal in division they're probably not going to they're probably going to look outside the division to sell and then if you call up the twins and you want um Taylor Rogers or something like that. It, there's going to be lots to move. And are the Reds going to be willing to do that? I, I have this really boring suspicion that they're going to be boring and do nothing. But I think if anything, they're probably going to look to buy for next year and not this year, because as much as I love to be optimistic and you know, me, Lucas, I, um, said that a Eugenio Suarez was going to be the best third baseman in the national league. Uh, and wow. now, now it's like, well, it didn't work out very well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's not even the best third baseman on the team right now. Um, I, yeah, that's a whole another segment, but um, <laughs> right. I, these last couple of days have turned me from an optimist for 2021 to a 2021 realist. And, for real, do the Reds have the bullpen fire? No, they don't have great bullpen, but does getting one or two relief pitchers fix everything going on with this team? They don't have a fifth starter. They can, you know, basically have a revolving door, a saloon door for Jeff Hoffman, Vladimir Gutierrez, Tony Santian, but I don't know that you get that much better with any one of those guys. So then you look at that. Their shortstop position, while Kyle Farmer has been okay with the glove, he's not a great hitter, and he has shown that he's very vulnerable in that area. And you also look at a Eugenio Suarez, what happens with him when Senzel and Moustakas come back. How do you deal with all of these questions? Plus, you've got expiring contracts in Wade Miley and Tucker Barnhart. You do have team options for both, but they are likely not going to be picked up by this uh, frugal front office. Uh, so what do you do with all that? And the biggest question that everyone has on their mind and that every Reds fan worries about even more so, I think, than wins and losses now at this point is will Nick Castellanos opt out? Mm. And I don't know that you're going to get that answer out of Scott Boris before it's time for him for, before it's like the deadline day. So you're not going to be able to call up Scott Boris before next Friday and be like, hey, you got to opt out. Should we get rid you know, should we move on from you? It's not going to happen. So the front office has a lot of decisions to make. And I think the worst thing that they could do is the most likeliest thing that they're going to do and sit on their hands. Well, that's kind of, it's, it's funny that you bring up all these different wrinkles. Cause I feel like sometimes as fans, as media, we, we don't always think about all those different things. Yeah. There's two things that I forgot to mention for St. Louis that we talked about a little bit earlier. Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty are both going to come back within the next yeah. 
couple weeks, couple months anyways, or, you know, month or so. Michael is starting his rehab assignment soon, and Flaherty is, is playing catch and throw in live BP. So, though, I mean, to say that you're, you're that those are two trades right there, you're getting starting pitching, doesn't exactly work out <laughs> the way you think. But also, that, that those, those are two starters that you, that you didn't have today, right. that you don't have today, right? So, it, the, do you want to buy starters, or you, do you go for the reliever market because you know that you're going to get these two starters back? And with Flaherty, you know what you're going to get. Like, Flaherty solid. I think he's a solidified ace, two at, at, at a, on a bad day. So th- there's so many different things to think about. But if, I, if I'm the Cardinals and and they let's say for hypothetical that they win tonight and they go out and beat the Reds two out of three, the Brewers lose two out of three or get swept by the White Sox, I'm buying bullpen arms and I'm looking for a bench bat if I'm St. Louis because right now you've got Matt Carpenter off the bench. He he's going to be a hit or miss here and there. I don't really like that phrase, hit or miss, because technically speaking, everything is hit or miss, but I use it all the time. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I digress. I think the Cardinals get a bench bat, and they need a bullpen piece or two. Because if you're not named Genesis Cabrera, Alex Reyes, or Giovanni Gallegos, I, there's little to no trust in you right now because it, it's been that way the whole season. Yeah, guys have had their moments, but those three consistently, day in and day out, have been the most effective since April 1. So there are so many different things to think about. But for, for both teams, I think this series in July is as important as a series in, in July can get for both of these teams when you look at the future of this season. It's uh, it's the most overused cliche in all of sports, but it's a must-win for both teams. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, obviously, it's not a must-lose. There's no such thing. But um, Unless you're the Pittsburgh I, I think, Pirates wanting a number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golly, I, I forgot. I need to go through and watch the condensed games of the Diamondbacks and Pirates and see how good that <laughs> good that was. Um, and, by the way, shout-out to other games, not Reds and Cardinals. Uh, why don't the Brewers play the Royals more? Because right? that would be great for everybody else in the Central if that happened. Like, how about that? That was crazy. That was unbelievable. Did not see that happening. But watch, they're going to go out and sweep the White Sox this weekend because that's how baseball works. You know, it's just, it's just bizarre. Baseball is weird. That's a, that's exactly right. I mean, and that's the thing that I keep thinking about. Like, if for some reason, because it's still conceivable, we're, we're not talking about teams that are mathematically eliminated, but they're probably it's very not super plausible. And I always I always hate admitting this, but there's a lot that has to go right for the Reds to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if that were to happen, if we were to get to that point in the season where the Reds are playing in October, we will still look back on the fact that the Reds played six games against the Diamondbacks and lost five. Right. I still, ugh, I can't believe it. Anyway, that's we're getting way off topic there. That's just me bloviating. Uh, Lucas, dude. Always fun having you on the podcast. Where can people follow you for this series to get the Cardinals side of things? Absolutely. Head over to Twitter at LJ Fastball. That's my personal one. Head over to Twitter and Instagram for the show at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show with any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to follow the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. There you go. And for the Cardinals fans looking for the red side of things, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds and you can drop me some questions if you like, or hate mail, whatever it is at the locked on reds line, five, one, three, five, four, nine, zero, one, five, nine with your calls and your texts as well. But that'll do it for us here today. Lucas, I thank you so much for coming on. 
and talking about this series. It's going to be a lot of fun. When these two teams get together, it always is. And, and Jake Woodford can take solace in knowing that the poster that was outside of Great American Ballpark of Nick Castellanos flexing over him is now a poster of Jesse Winker rounding the bases and yelling, let's go. <laughs> oh, good. I'm sure Jake Woodford will, will gain some sleep back knowing that sign's no longer there. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we'll have to do this again soon, Jake. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. No, Sorry. no worries. Absolutely. It was, a, it was a good time. Now Jake Woodford's on my <laughs> mind. Um, <laughs> all righty. And that'll do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching and listening. You got all the uh, social info. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel right here and make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting apps. Now, go check out the Locked On MLB podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully, has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to baseball, both present and past, and he imparts it to you each and every day. You can find the Locked On MLB podcast wherever you get your podcast, but that'll do it again. We'll talk about this series in a more in-depth way, looking at some numbers, looking at some probable starters on tomorrow's podcast. Plus, hopefully there will be some good news with Nick Castellanos or some kind of good news that we can talk about. That's going to be tomorrow. On the Locked On Reds podcast, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you then. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.